Well, I don't feel like I'm a part of the everyday American society, and I don't want to be, let me tell you. Okay? I do my damnedest to tear it down. A governor's task force has determined that punk rockers are society's new subversives and must be treated as such. Taxation is theft. Oh! God damn it, motherfucker! We're talking peace, love, and honor. FBI is feeling the heat. Your own conscience, your own morality, your own decision, your own self. You alone can do it. There is no authority but yourself. The BR Hates Fed Show. Welcome to the Rice Fields, motherfuckers. What's up lads and ladies, I'm BR and I hate feds, and today is the 21st of September 2021. 21st of September 2021. Hope you guys are doing well. It is a, uh, it's a weird time as always, and I wanted to, you know, I always try and inject some optimism, some positivity into your regular roundup of podcast listening, because let's face it, we're, uh, <laughs> we're a bunch of angry, anarchist, libertarian, misfit, rebels, punks, hippies, weirdos, and etc. autistic <laughs> fuck-ups, you know, who, um, who have realized our society is in a lot of trouble, and it's pretty fucked up, and it was always going to be this way when there was a, a violent state overseeing it. And so it's hard, to, it's hard to be positive and to be an optimist for a lot of people, but um, whether it's years and years and years of therapy, or, I don't know, perhaps the, uh, the, the correct threshold of drugs I consume, uh, as well as my, my general outlook, I've managed to be an optimist, which is strange, because I'm not, I was never an optimist growing up. I was a, a military brat, and Anyone who has had the misfortune of dealing with our damage knows that military kids are really fucked up people. They have weird social issues and generally a, you know, they, they, they might have been a happy kid growing up and then they got to adulthood and they're like, oh wow, I'm not equipped in the same way that someone who grew up in their hometown and never moved once and didn't have a, a parent who would sometimes be a, an only parent and sometimes be part of a complete couple parents going away to dangerous places, and then, especially when you grow up and, you know, you're kind of disenfranchised about the whole reason they were going away for so long, and what your, what your life revolved around. It's, you know, it's really hard to be an optimist in that kind of upbringing, but somehow, growing up, I've learned to appreciate, not necessarily what I went through, but more how it shaped my mindset, and that I was able to process it in a way that I can live a very healthy, you know, well-adjusted lifestyle despite that, because I, some of my peers do not live those lifestyles. Some of my peers are dead, depressed, or otherwise fucked up. Uh, many of them are wearing camo now themselves. I almost was too, you know? We're, um, we're not people who would naturally be optimists unless we're dumb and don't see what we're going through. Um, but somehow, Again, through, you know, kind of my own mindset, uh, I guess 
having interesting experiences. Uh, so, you know, who, who fucking knows if it's nature or nurture, but I managed to go from being a pessimist my entire childhood to being an optimist, which is way more fucking useful, because I like to get shit done. I've always liked to get shit done. I'm sure many of you are get shit done people, because that's the only reason any of us paid attention enough to politics to figure out, oh, it's, it's just a fucking scam. That's a get shit done person. Generally, you know, there's someone who's like, I need data, and I need to decide what to do with that data. You people, for whatever fucking reason, whatever damage sent you my way <laughs> this far down the rabbit hole, uh, fucking good on you. You've been paying attention, clearly, and you have good taste. <laughs> but I'm not trying to butter you up. Um, it's, you know, it, it's fucking difficult to fall down this rabbit hole. It's, uh, it's exhausting. It's tiring. And, uh, we don't always have the best temperament, because it's fucking infuriating, you know? Um, it's crazy to see something that's, you know, like, staring us in the face so close you can smell its breath. Uh, you know, state violence every day, just, just the daily interactions we have with our government are awful in every regard. And, <laughs> you know, with some critical thinking, we realize not only are they bad and inefficient, but they're immoral. <laughs> and... To be surrounded by people who accept this, cheer it on, or are indifferent to it, is really fucking tiring, and it can kind of make you crazy. And so I have to do these sanity checks where I'm like, am I being unreasonable with the amount I talk about this, the amount of time I spend on this, you know? And as this whole pandemic, the lockdowns, and the various tyranny happening all over the world, I mean, Australia's making me fucking loony right now. They're, they have camps. They have riots. The police today, uh, the 21st September, have started to use rubber bullets on rioters. There's some fucking incredible footage outside out of Australia right now where construction workers, I believe, kind of doing like a, a yellow vest thing but with like orange vests in Australia. They were, they charged cop cars with bricks and rocks and were beating like the, the wing mirrors off and throwing them in the windows. The cops had to turn around and they pulled away and they, they kind of did like a, like a tactical retreat and then turned around and started uh, hitting them with, I believe, tear gas. It was pretty fuzzy video. Uh, it's going to be circulating. I will have surely shared it on my story today, but um, I believe... Uh, we are MOA for people, and or also known as D-Infringe, uh, that line of pages and that dude, he shares a lot of that stuff right now, uh, so check out his page on Instagram. Uh, but yeah, it's been fucking mental, like, it's, it's crazy seeing all this shit happening, and, and then trying to communicate that reasonably to your loved ones without coming across as, like, a fucking tinfoil hat lunatic, because... Not all of us are like, you know, not, not to like shit on InfoWars people, but not all of us came into this, you know, that way, uh, with, like, through the conspiracy rabbit hole. It was more just like, hmm, government is mighty inefficient. I think we can do this better. And then we just fucking tumbled and tumbled and the blue and yellow turned to black and yellow turned to just black, turned to gray and black, turned to a billion other kind of <laughs> black pill swallowing lunacy, you know? We can, we can really tumble down into this, like, oh, wow, um, why aren't the roads being fixed to fuck the government, you know, like, I want to see it fucking burn.
<laughs> um, oh, Christ, that was my, if that was my audition to be, like, a throaty death metal dude, which is so not my vibe, as you guys well know by this point, I, I fucking appreciate the metal dudes. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just, uh, I'm just some fucking, I'm just some soft punk, I guess. <laughs> but... Uh, I was thinking about dragons, so that's I got that going for me. But anyway, it's hard to be an optimist, is what I'm trying to get to. It's hard to be positive. It's hard to be a ray of sunshine in people's lives. My poor girlfriend, alone. I just I know, like you know, I'll roll over in bed, and or, or she'll be she'll just look at my look at my screen while I'm you know doing some work for the social media and shit, and uh, or the anarch or whatever, and. Um, <laughs> she'll she'll just see cops, you know, curb stomping someone, robber bullets being shot, someone, some fucking like war crime. <laughs> it's just that's that's the content I consume. Um, and honestly, I don't consume that much media outside of what I do informationally and kind of propaganda wise. I am a junkie for this, and uh, I was watching um, a recent Joe Rogan guest or listening rather, to a recent Joe Rogan guest who was talking about um, dopamine addiction and kind of just how broadly we can define addiction. And I'm like, fuck it. Like, you have to you have to take a step back and kind of sanity check yourself. You're like, am I, like, whatever the equivalent of, you know, a cultist, a, uh, a junkie, an addict, when it comes to, to this message? And it's like, you know, I... I would describe myself as, and, you know, it sounds like a cheesy LP slogan, but fuck it, uh, like a liberty junkie, I truly believe in human liberty above fucking everything else, it's like, I can't relax and do my thing until we've achieved that, because I don't want my kids to, to live the same life I do, being this fucking nutcase about this shit, you know, I want them to pursue their arts and, you know, enjoy life for what it for all the beautiful things that are in it. And uh, so, it's kind of important to me, and to, I think to our general anarchist, libertarian, whatever, culture, for uh, people to who have this ideology to not just be the little rain cloud in everyone's life, you know? Like, for, for all the shit my poor girlfriend puts up with, just seeing, you know, what I'm looking at, all the awful shit, because she's not a person who's into consuming media like that, you know, healthily so, she, I, she wants to be aware, she wants to know what's going on, but she doesn't like consuming it, because she knows it's mostly awful, you know, and so, often, us, you know, these pe us people who are obsessed with this stuff, and who doggedly follow it, because we want to see liberty, true liberty, true freedom, in our lifetime, or the lifetime of our loved ones, at least, you know, our, our descendants. We're fucking nutcases about this, we're obsessed, that's why we have these networks, that's why we have these shows, these niche little conversations, so we can be that little flash in <laughs> so many regular people's lives who would ignore this stuff, because, you know, we're not going to convert every single person to be an anarchist, and quite frankly, we don't need to. I, you know, I, I don't, anarchism isn't some cult that everyone needs to, to join to make the world utopia. It's more just, we need people with very guided, specific goals who care about, you know, your, your fucking individuality, your very 
essence of choosing how you live your life, as you should. Living life in a way that's authentic to you. You have one fucking go on this planet, or at least, you know, we very well made, whatever your beliefs on that are. Um, and we need to, we need to give it the most true go, not some, like, petri dish, tax cattle imitation of what human life should be. We don't, we don't need to be, we don't need to convert every single person to be that rabid about this. We just need to help show what could be. That's all it is. Just spread those little seeds, show the lifestyle for what it could be, build something that is sustainable, no matter what happens to this to this government and this current um, status quo. If this fucking tumbles into the ocean as it should, what comes next? Is it just, you know, the Mad Max anarchy Hollywood has painted for us, where we all just go purge, <laughs> you know, green mohawks and and rat rods and and looting and raping forever, or do we set up something where it's like, no, people, <laughs> people don't need, you know, uh, a daddy. To figure out how to fucking play together. How to not even fucking play together. How to not rip each other's throats out just living next door to each other. You know, we... There's not... When there's a noise complaint in a rural area with very low cop presence, you know, no one's like, ah, oh, fuck, I don't want to have to call the cops. They're like, ah, I'm going to have to go and talk to them. Because there's no point calling the cops. Because you're, you're so rural... It's going to take two hours for them to get there. It's, like, going to be 4 a.m. You're not going to give a shit by then. You're going to be, you know, fucking just staying in bed. So what are you going to do? You're going to go and knock on the fucking door and talk to your neighbor. And that is going to be... That That sounds like an oversimplification. And, of course, it's not going to be as clean-cut as that. It's going to be fucking messy because we've been in this unnatural way of living for, you know, several hundred years now, if not longer, if we, you know, count kind of biblical times and kings and shit yeah it's it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of an awkward evolutionary step but i think people are societally or in a in a societal way they're getting ready for it you know they're naturally and consciously and unconsciously people are like oh shit well the supply lines are kind of fucking up so if i want to keep on living my cushy comfy life i need to get better at the basics i need to figure out what the fuck i'm doing complete fucking morons have started to get into prepping. Complete people who, you know, at the start of this thing were like the idiots that were buying up enough paper roll, you'd think they had like chronic IBS or some shit. <laughs> uh, pun intended. After the fact. You can't do that. That's cheating. But, you know, now, now you'll see complete fucking you know, centrist or not even centrist, morons who are completely uninformed, just ignorant, Disney-consuming masses. Uh, sorry, Disney fans, but, you know, blowing up your spot. You know, you'll see them with, like, a prepping box or shelf or whatever. E even if it's, like, a few little things. It's like, at least they kind of get it. Maybe they've bought a gun for self-defense in case shit gets bad, in case there's looting, in case people go fucking crazy. It's like, cool, in, in case you can't call the cops fucking normal, ordinary people, like, oh, I need to be responsible for myself, because, well, I mean, the ones who aren't, it's, it's gonna be Darwinism, if anything does happen, if this collapses, 
in a messy way instead of gives people enough enough time to prepare to adapt on a mass scale. It's just kind of like common sense, like, oh yeah, the government's kind of shutting down, you know, the, they've just stopped. The DMV hasn't been running for five years. The CIA closed down. You know, it even got to a point like that where it was kind of like just shuttering doors and kind of just Uncle Sam was just laying to rest, getting a little bit sleepy and, you know, couldn't remember his, his little nephew anymore. Uh, <laughs> fuck. Um, you know, people people would adapt. People would start to sort of form their own thing. And, and it would be different all over the fucking place. People would just be, as their communities needed things, they would figure out, we don't need fucking dad. Dad's not going to live forever, you know. <laughs> it fucking sucks. Or, you know, it sucks if your dad's cool. Our dad's kind of a cunt. He's, he's what... 245 years old and he just keeps on fucking throwing bombs and he has been most of his life he's just been an angry cunt forever (laughs) yeah anyway it's important for us to be the optimist the optimistic anarchist in our loved ones lives because while shit is dire it is a dangerous world we're living in ever more so because it's unstable and there's no you know, there's no lifeboat because the government doesn't build a lifeboat in case it collapses. Not for, not for the citizenry. I'm sure they have their bunkers and they have their cushy stockpiles, and I'm sure we'd be finding those fucking rats for years living the good life. If if everything shut down, they would just fuck off, like just like the the uh, who's he? What's it? The president of Afghanistan went to something like Thailand or something. I, it might not have been Thailand. It was somewhere in Asia. Some And you know he... I think he had 200 million in US dollars. And he just fucked off to Asia where I'm sure he's buried in hookers and blow. <laughs> you know, being the, the good Muslim man, I'm sure uh, the United States government installed <laughs> in charge of Afghanistan during their, uh, their overlooking... No, that man, that man loves hookers, I bet you. Uh, <laughs> and US dollars, for sure. The fact that he had... I don't know if it's 200 million for sure, fact check me, whatever. This is a... This is a smoking and joking podcast, more than an informational today. But anyway, we need to be rays of sunshine, despite also living in the real world. And I think the two are compatible, you know, because despite this very scary era there are good things that are happening. I mean, for one, like, I, I, I talk about this a lot now, but more and more people, you know, not just, it's not just some, like, privileged white people thing, as, as you know, some media sources would proclaim, or some kind of, like, weird Christian thing, but homeschooling is very much becoming normal. It's completely normalized now. It's, like, an option... It's it's no it's almost no different, and it will be you know I, I, this is a this is jumping the gun by a lot, but I'm gonna say it anyway uh, it will become as normal as sending your kid to school with a packed lunch or money for you know a school lunch has been in the past. It's gonna be like oh you homeschool cool yeah we you know we send them to a private school or you know for the next fifteen years as the whole fucking. <laughs> I don't want to put a timeline on it, but I think 15 years we could see a big change in our government if uh, if they if they don't figure out an escape plan and on how to sell people on tyranny, and I don't think they will, because this is an international reaction at this point. They pre came and they can't put it back in the bottle. 
can't put it back in the dick. Authoritarianism has shown its ugly fucking face again, and everyone's saying, no, 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 but we're not racist or homophobic or anything, we're really good people. Now get back in your house, or we're gonna fucking light you up. <laughs> For those of you who remember the, uh, during the riots, that fucking video, was it Chicago or something, I, they, they lit their house up with pepper balls, because they were, they dared to watch the Stormtrooper procession. It might not have been Chicago, I feel like it was some, some northern city, but, eh, I'm, my geography is dog shit for up there. Sorry, people. Sorry, Great Lake Seas. Yeah, I mean, people, people are just becoming aware, and the more people become aware, the more friends we're gonna have in terms of building networks of people who are ready for an alternative, and that, that doesn't necessarily mean, you know, necessarily going as far as living on an intentional community with your friends and then having, you know, a network of other intentional communities you network with, do mutual aid, uh, trade with, etc. You know, um, that would be fucking ideal. And I think it's very, very, very realistic for a lot of us right now, because many, many, many of us are looking at homesteading. Why not hasten the process? and do it with a few friends, go in on a larger portion of property, divide it up, figure that out however you want to fairly, um, you know, depending on what you need and how much you're contributing, etc, etc, etc. And then do your thing, you know, expand, bring more people in that you trust, and, and do it sensibly, do it slow, because this is a big fucking investment, and it's critical this is done right. But I'm very optimistic that if we, this is like the proto stage, this is, you know, like, to put some weird psycho philosophical term on it, it it's kind of proto-anarchism, where we are building something that can, you know, it, it's under statism currently, but some of them I've already called it proto-anarchism, I've never thought of the term before, but maybe it's out there, maybe I'm just ripping someone off subconsciously. And I don't remember because I smoke too much pot and I've got too many concussions. But <laughs> we are in what I would call a proto-anarchism stage right now where we are anarchists. Because not Just because we don't live under a state of anarchy doesn't make us any more legitimate than someone who does. Or even someone who, you know, however you define actively, actively participates in a revolution. Peaceful, violent, whatever it might be. Um, you know, we, we might call someone throwing a Molotov or, or you know, <laughs> uh, creating the mutual aid network, both of them like a, an anarchist revolutionary or like, depending on your judgment, especially if you're a conservative, you're not a real anarchist, um, you know, what we might call a real anarchist. But really, if you're trying, if you're attempting that lifestyle in any way, attempting to further that message or to free yourself and others from state violence, I th you know, I think it's a perfectly legitimate term to call yourself. And especially if you're trying to build something, you know, a lifeboat that's, that has no involvement with the state because they're not going to give us one out of this thing, out of their own fuck-up and collapse and slow death, they're not going to give us a lifeboat out. So we have to make our own. And community is absolutely that lifeboat. It's We don't want to get in a gunfight with a dying man. It's not fucking worth it. That's why in my book, I'm, I'm working on defensive warfare against the state. It's defensive. I want nothing to do with a, a fight with the state. 
I want to fucking, you know, give him the little toodaloo of my, <laughs> a light little finger wave as he, uh, you know, clutches his chest and, and dies in front of me spilling milk on himself or some shit. <laughs> I don't know why that's the visual, but, um, seemed appropriate. Uncle Sam just dead, pouring milk on himself. Probably gone off because, you know, he's not good with that shit. <laughs> so anyway... It is a much better use of our resources and our blood, sweat, and tears and our, our general lives to instead of seeing violent revolution as some kind of like hit the button solution, we should be building separately of the existing system. Actually, build something instead of tearing it down. That's that's truly revolutionary, rather than. Otherwise, you're just another fucking violent cunt, and the world has plenty of those, and that's kind of been the the mode for the entirety of humanity's existence. Like, how about you fucking build something and let the old shit collapse instead of trying to take over the power base? The beautiful thing about this emerging world is, you know, despite governments and, you know, kind of uh, existing empires being taken over and swallowed up by an emerging, like, technocracy, where corporations and gigantic kind of tech monopolies can actually be more powerful in governments and influence them to the, to the extent that they're basically puppets via policy and that kind of thing. While that is, like, a scary prospect, at the same time... <laughs> When you start losing sight of what makes a country a country, and instead, you know, all of these places just ha kind of have this one blanket rule of law, guess what? That's not going to fucking hold together. It's ludicrous, and there's just no real support for it. You can't just, you know, flick the switch to that kind of thing, and people are not going... <laughs> willingly into this thing they are kicking and screaming and lighting things on fire and in in fucking australia someone um i read today a construction worker during the start of their rioting in i believe sydney sydney australia uh he jumped off the top of a construction crane to kill himself and i get because i guess he was depressed and uh it was from my understanding, it, this might have been, this might be a complete wrong interpretation of the event, but just from the headlines and the way it was kind of portraying it with the general, uh, you know, a climate down there, it's getting very serious. It, it sounds like a, like a burning monk kind of deal. The guy might have killed himself, uh, and used it as a symbol of protest as he was doing it, because these things have fucked so many people up. I mean for a construction worker to kill himself, you know, on his equipment. Oh, and I'm missing out the most important detail. Uh, so they just declared a two-week shutdown on construction sites in Sydney. Again, I guess. Like, they've locked down, like, 16 times or something ridiculous. Uh, I'm probably exaggerating with that number. But, they've, you know, they've, they've been ludicrous with the shutdowns, and it seems to just be going on and on. It's getting more and more restrictive, and I guess this dude couldn't fucking take it. And symbolically, he just, he fucking killed himself, which is not, I don't see suicide as a sign, uh, as a solution. I, um, 
I fucking hate suicide. I've lost friends to it. I'm sure many of you have too, especially, you know, the military guys. But to to fucking do it that way, I mean, you know, there's I think there's better ways to do it. We we need more more active contributing members of of the movement for human liberty than martyrs. We have so many fucking bodies already. We don't need more martyrs, which is another thing, you know, why we need to build things instead of instead of tearing them down. Life is valuable. It's a valuable resource to you know, to be a a skilled human being who who wants to make a fucking difference. Uh, we need as many of those people as possible. So keep that in mind. Um, you know, try and give yourself goals. That's the biggest thing with being positive. The, you know, my personal rather bossy opinion is that everyone should be pursuing this right now to live sustainably in a way that you know, think of your your future property, your future setup, whatever that may be, as a lifeboat through a rising tide of, you know, uncertainty, unrest, potential uncertainty, unrest. We've already had a lot of it, and it doesn't seem to be slowing down. It's been a very fucking uncertain time, so use any avenue you can right now to build yourself up the best lifeboat you can. Because, you know, it, this could be... It could be a drizzle, it could get just a little bit weird where it's like things feel a little little bit apocalyptic, but we're still working desk jobs, it's fucking odd. You know, like, does any of it matter? Well, customer service sucks everywhere, so maybe not. Who knows? The world hasn't burned up yet. Fucking escape that shit. Do your own thing, start building the lifestyle you want with the people you want. Surround yourself with loved ones, you know, like-minded people, build up that tribe. Uh, don't get tribalistic, <laughs> but uh, but also don't let me tell you what to do. If you want to go uh, go off into the woods and smear paint on your face, that is absolutely your fucking deal. I support you. Please don't shoot me with a bow and arrow. Uh, that looks like a really shitty way to die. <laughs> but yeah, give yourself some goals. Start accomplishing them. You know, head towards your own liberty, whatever that looks like, whatever is a sustainable lifestyle for you, educate yourself on that, um, find people to do it with, and acquire the resources, you know, get out there and do this thing incrementally, you're not just gonna, you know, get the money, get the property, and fuck off, and something else that a lot of people need to realize is, if we're thinking of a, you know, a true collapse scenario, it, if if that is what you were prepping for, my a, a quick piece of advice that I've kind of been thinking about recently. If you live near lots of government land or national park land or anything like that, and there's perhaps you know cheap tiny plots of land that that border it, maybe big enough to you know pull a vehicle onto, chuck a container, anything like that, uh, something like big enough you can actually do a little something on it, even if it's just a shed, a cabin, whatever it might be. Um, make something really just innocuous, or uh, and, and just set up perhaps a little a little cache of things out there. Uh, a little bug out spot, maybe a little bunker or something, and this, you know, it still costs you like a few grand in addition to the land itself. 
But rather than, you know, needing like 200,000, 240,000, 300,000, whatever, between you and a few friends or you on your own to acquire like the plot of land that you guys will be able to, you know, develop over the next 60 years, um, if you need something a little bit quicker or, you know, you're more rural, whatever your case might be, just buy, make yourself a little outpost somewhere on just a little, like a little hunting cabin. And if it's bordered by a bunch of government land, well, <laughs> if, if everything kind of falls apart and their, their power wanes, there's just no system in place for people to be, you know, patrolling government land, uh, BLM land, etc. Uh, well, guess what? It's free real estate. Literally. Tear up those fucking fences. Put your own down. Expand a few more feet, you know, 20, 30, 400, few acres, and, um, you know, homestead that. Settle it just like humans have done throughout all the history, you know. Build separately in a way. And uh, there's lots of ways to, to get about it, but I truly do think intentional communities are a sensible investment and a, a very healthy one from every aspect, from a defensive aspect, from a sustainability aspect, from a community, a mental health aspect, I think uh, I think getting together with some like-minded people and building something together is what humans do. We're fucking we're monkeys who figured out tribes and then figured out how to how to get shit done together. So, uh, don't think you have to be some hermit. You can absolutely be a hermit if you want to, but so many people hear anarchist and think hermit, and it doesn't have to be that way. You, you know, having a community is not having a government. Having a community is not having coercion. It's, uh, there's, there's more than one way to skin a cat, there's more than one way to develop a society without coercion and violence. So, as always, that's kind of the accomplishable goal I uh, I hope to set out for anyone willing to give me their ear and and also truly I think it's it's gonna be a source of happiness for people to start pursuing these things because we we feel so hopeless yeah or at least many of us initially do because there's that period of anger there's misery there's like just the hopelessness the nihilism but eventually you find you know either either you fucking quit and you just you don't decide to educate yourself any further, you learn all of this and then you stop because you're like, oh, it's hopeless anyway, I became an anarchist and then, oh, it was hopeless. Okay, well, what the fuck was the point of that? Figure out a solution, dummy. That's what you're fucking meant for. <laughs> so, that's, that's my personal solution, that's what brings me happiness, having that drive, having a goal in sight that whether on my deathbed I can turn on the news and see the latest dickhead who's president on TV, or whether the last president is a documentary from 20 years ago. Both are fine. I will build my own thing, I will spread my message, I will be part of any movement that seeks to create networks of that, that focus on peace, autonomy, and liberty. And I think demand is growing, like I was saying. Um, you don't have to be an anarchist to want to homestead, to want to homeschool, to want to be in charge of your own security, to, you know, <laughs> create, to, to think that we need to create community 
outside of these artificial cities we live in where we don't know our neighbor and you know cops get called for noise complaints that turn into fucking death squad hits i mean that's no fucking way i live and liberals and conservatives are realizing this and people are even you know the the more intelligent ones are abandoning those labels and kind of realizing it's all for shit anyway we're just fucking people that's what got us into this awful tribalistic divide and conquer mess so be optimistic you know and give people reason to you know if if someone's afraid give them don't don't use fear to educate them use hope and kind of answers and like yeah it's it's okay to be freaked out right now like shit is really fucking weird you shouldn't be scared though like there's a reason this is happening there is this this is a system that is unsustainable it's rocky as hell it's uh, it relies on pointing a gun at people to get stuff done it simply wouldn't work it never has worked these empires always fucking fall when when you fight wars in places you have no business for profit of an elite and you sacrifice the general you know the peasants for your own gain it never fucking works out and they've always done it <laughs> it's it's it sounds fucking silly and again oversimplified but if you read your fucking history this is just how humans work when they get a little bit of power it's fucking awful so we don't have to be running around with you know the sandwich board saying the end is nigh we can quite readily be like <laughs> this was gonna happen this this breakdown of society whether it's a five-year plan or a 500-year plan it is gonna happen em- empires simply do not last especially when they're this unsustainable this overstretched this <laughs> this much in debt this violent and and this infringing on its own citizens the american empire flourished chiefly because it made its citizens rather than like squeezing them for every drop of blood and effort and penny that they could muster it instead made them fat fat fucking tax cattle i don't mean that in just the obesity though i mean people are fat and happy in this country whether it's the plasma screen or the the fake pretty food or a million other, you know, just bullshit luxuries we have in this country. And in the Western world in general. Europe is just as gluttonous. I mean, look at, what was it, fucking Germany or Austria's health minister? That meme still fucking gets me. And they're probably still in power too, the fat cunt. But, yeah, this shit, it wasn't gonna last. You know, like, it's scary. It's unfortunate we have to live through this, but I'd rather weather this and build something for my kids than, uh, than beyond my deathbed and seeing this shit happen on TV, you know? So, take some responsibility, build something, better yourself, ready yourself for any awful situation, you know? Whether, like I said, five years or 500, it'd be nice to have some medical skills, even if they're basic, rudimentary, and don't have a, a fancy certification, necessarily, you know? Learn how to, how to grow your own food, how to harvest your own food, how to defend yourself, how to communicate with others if this current, <laughs> if our current communications go down, you know? There's there's a billion things to learn, um, and, you know, we should all try and be a jack of all trades, master of a few, hopefully. Start learning things, start exercising again, 
I want you people to be fucking happy, healthy, and doing something with your lives. Because, and this is not just some fucking, like, you know, harassing my listeners. I say this all with love, because I very well myself have needed a kick up the ass recently. I'm a very clean person. I'm organized and OCD as fuck. Has nothing to do with, you know, my uh, <laughs> my time at Sandhurst or, or growing up as a military kid. Because uh, my dad's messier than I am, but I'm just a fucking very organized person. And when I'm when my place is a mess, you know I'm fucking loony and my shit is not together. And it's been a mess for a minute, like not a shithole, but shit is just disorganized. My gear was just chucked in my closet, which never happens. It was fucking ugh, and I just knew I was losing my fucking mind and that nothing was kind of straight. You know, nothing was organized and uh and when when my place isn't clean nothing i get done feels like enough it feels like i was just putting off my other shit and uh you know i'm sure you all have your own things in your life where when something's fucked up you're like it's a tell i don't you know maybe maybe you don't do the dishes as much maybe you you eat out more <laughs> i mean that that might please some of your uh, your partners but uh, for multiple reasons, but, yeah, you know, like, we, we all have little tells when things are going a little bit off the rails, and we're about to fucking crash, and, uh, you gotta realize them, and be like, okay, well, this is not my best self, this is a waste of time, waste of money, I feel shit, waste of the best years of my life, I need to fucking straighten up, and, uh, and get my shit together, whether that's losing a few pounds you, you didn't mean to put on, <laughs> or, uh, you know, put on some more muscle, getting some shit done that's been on your endless to-do list forever. I feel like uh, for anyone who played like Sims, I don't I don't know what the I don't even know what two or three or four was like. But I used to play the old old Sims, and uh, you know you used to be able to just stack up commands and commands and commands. And this poor person, you could sort them out with a whole fucking day of things, just clicking, 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 telling them to do whatever. And uh, you know they might tell you no or whatever, but eventually you can force them to fucking do it if you're a sick little cunt. And um, I just feel like I have an endless list and someone keeps on adding shit. But really, it's just me deciding, like, hey, I need to take this on too. <laughs> so, uh, and because I have that attitude, I'm sure many of you have a similar kind of ethos and attack method for, for living life. Um, <laughs> you need to be in a good mind state and you need to have all your shit squared away so you can fucking kill that stuff. So, you know, I think I needed to... I definitely needed to have this <laughs> realization and, um, you know, kind of getting my shit squared away with my new job because that's a secure thing now. It's not something I need to, like, be stressing about. It's a sure thing. Pays the money I need. Uh, you know, as far as all these, this mandate restriction nonsense is going, they don't seem to give a fuck, which is killer. That makes my life easier, which means that, you know, I just show up for work. I do my fucking job, I fuck off home, and, and that's all the thought and energy I have to put into that, and now I can start tidying up the rest of my life, and I'm sure many of you have, you know, a similar thing where you're like, this part of my life, whether it's a relationship, or a social thing, or a work thing, or, you know, maybe a hobby that you're not, you're just not being able to give enough time, because you're like, fuck, there's so much right now, there's so much happening, and so many people feel like that. You're not fucking alone. You're not fucking crazy. You're not doing something wrong. 
there's a lot of fucked up people right now. And that's, it doesn't make you lazy because you're not nailing it like you used to. It's a weird fucking time and our brains are all over the fucking place, you know? It's not just us crazies, it's, it's regular ordinary people are like disassociating and all fucked up now. So take a minute for yourself, kind of figure out top priorities, write them down if you have to, that kind of helps make it real, and then work through them. Whatever's most important, whatever is like the big bugbear that once you kill that motherfucker, we are cool, everything else is like, you know, tiny in comparison, and we can tidy up the rest of that shit one by one, just fucking nuke it, nuke it, nuke it, like US foreign policy in a, in a Cold War turned hot that never happened, thankfully. So, yeah, you know, give yourself some time if you're, if you're kind of struggling right now. Some people are fucking killing it, and, you know, good for you guys. Some people, at the start of this, they made a very early change in their career. They're like, oh, this is fucked. And they just jumped on a new thing. They moved out to the countryside because they were like, eh, I think I'm going to do it soon anyway. And they saw this on the horizon. They were like, fuck no. And they swerved, and they're living their best life. And fucking power to you people. You are probably the same people who were buying Bitcoin back in, like, 2014, so or earlier, so, you know, happy you're still killing it, boss, but some of us, uh, some of us are a little slower, and some of us just get, uh, just get blindsided, <laughs> and some of us moved countries, and it's been fucking difficult trying to land my feet, considering the past, like, almost two years now, uh, we've been in a fucking pandemic, and I, just as I was kind of getting my foundation sorted, this fucking country, well, the world, I guess, anyway, um, find time for things that make you happy, find times for things that recharge you, don't just burn yourself out, you know, I, I'm gonna be the fucking one hippie dude in your life who doesn't call you a pussy for, for taking some time off work for, you know, a mental health day is fucking alright if you need one, or, uh, Take a fucking drive, leave the city, if you're stuck in a city, drive somewhere, see something new, be fucking selfish, you know, like, look after yourself, because, as, as fucked up as it sounds, um, these are the good times, it's gonna get a little bit scarier and weirder, potentially, it's seeming more and more likely shit is gonna get stranger, so, enjoy this kind of you know, despite the weird shit with work and, and the kind of governmental things being discussed right now, life ultimately hasn't changed too much yet. So enjoy luxuries, enjoy uh, ease of access to certain things. Like I just finished off my pistol belt. I just splurged a little bit to kind of get it all done because fuck knows, you know, if, if supply lines break down and they are, supply lines are fucked right now. Who knows what's going to happen? In any regard, I wanted the gear that I feel I need to... Well, I mean, for one, it's fucking bomb-proof. I got an AWS gear belt. Sponsors of the Art and War podcast. God fucking bless them. And uh, I've also got some STAC pouches. I've got a Gorilla Tactical uh, holster. And a few other bits. I think, oh, Gorilla Tactical uh, IFAC on it, too. So it's a big IFAC to have on a belt. I'm playing with it because I don't... I don't, know, I don't mind it, but we'll see. Uh, I might need something a little bit more streamlined, because I just didn't want the IFAC on my plate carrier, but anyway, not important. <laughs> not important right now. Yeah, you know, enjoy the luxuries we have right now. Enjoy um, ease of access to, 
gear and tools that will make life easier in the event um, you know you're not able to get it delivered to your house in three days. And even though I can talk about all this doomsday shit and still be positive because I I know personally I I know in my own head that society will be okay <laughs> if if the government has some real big shit the bed moment and you know everything becomes anarchic and in in the Hollywood sense things get a little bit wild for a minute I know ultimately people will figure out empires have collapsed before they'll collapse again people will figure it out uh, it will be messy but ultimately smart you know people who are investing in themselves and true community they'll be the ones who come out on top and I don't mean that in like a violent like you know survival of the fittest everyone else is dead at their feet but when everyone's done fucking you know fighting over the last <laughs> the last pack of Twinkies at Walmart there's gonna be all the peaceful rural people who are like you know you can trade with us you can be our neighbor maybe you know depending on your terms come in peace and and you can chill with us and they will set the example for what a peaceful future will look like and that sounds super fucking culty and Jesus-y I realize but Truly, I think that is a very realistic uh, potential outcome of this shit show. And like I said, that could be five years away, that could be 500 years away. Fuck knows. Who fucking knows? But if if this decline in respect for authority continues to take a nosedive, and then it's just unsustainable for people to continue being this subservient and bootlicking, I mean... Certain people will absolutely be the violinists and the, you know, the, the band going down with the Titanic. They will worship dying old Uncle Sam into the ground and jump in the grave with him, crying and weeping. And that's fucking unfortunate. And I will, my whole life, encourage as many people as possible to separate themselves from that cult. But not everyone is going to listen. So, for the time being, build something separate, show that it can be done live that good lifestyle, lead by example, relax a little bit, be the example for uh, for friends and family, and for society at large. That's how I keep my optimism. <laughs> well, all of this is very important to me. Anyway, it's time I light this little roach. I don't have a full joint because uh, I've been rolling too much. I've been trying to Well, I've been using a pen. Who am I kidding? I've been smoking a lot still. But anyway, I'm going to light this little roach, take a little hit, and then we'll answer some questions. What are your predictions... Oh, I didn't even light this yet. Give me a second. Uh, What are your predictions for the future with the Empire coming home? Alright, now we will light this. I had this big fear. When I started smoking again, I would like light a joint while I'm recording and just cough my fucking guts up and I'd have to leave it in because otherwise I'd feel like a bitch for uh I don't know <laughs> not being honest with you lovely people anyway what are your predictions for the future with the Empire coming home um I talked about this with Anglo on this sh- on this show uh episode 28 I think with Anglo I don't think 
we're gonna feel a vice grip from the state and all of this militarism, because it's inevitable, we are gonna feel more militarism, they're gonna try and flex their muscles as they go into the decline, show their old man strength. It's gonna get... it's not gonna be great. I mean, we've already seen it with riot police using, you know, global war on terror gear, and, and very fucking new hand-me-downs more often than not. We see these fucking, you know, inner-city SWAT teams and multicam black looking as stormtrooper as possible. <laughs> um, so they can go and kick in doors, and, uh, I mean, truly, it feels like they're arming up for a, a war on guns as the war on drugs kind of slows down. Right now, I'm sure there's some war on drugs expert who's going, actually, it's not slowing down, it's speeding up under the Biden administration. You're not a very good libertarian. Uh, and power to him, I hope, I, I would love some more information on that. I'm fairly good on the drug war, just not the, you know, 2021 story, I don't know which direction it's heading in, personally. Too much other shit going on. But, um, with the Empire coming home, they invested so much money, and, in military assets, and there is a lot of money tied up in keeping that gear running, you know, kind of showing off, showing a need for it, continued contracts, continued, um, you know, mutual masturbation between the military-industrial complex and the state, their, uh, future board members, the current elite, <laughs> so they need to keep them happy, so what are they gonna do? Well, <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if under a Biden or Kamala Harris, we saw a quietly way more fortified southern border. I really wouldn't. Or, maybe they'll just wait until it's a Republican president and finish the wall and it'll be this big fucking outrage, but guess what? All the Democrats are still going to be investing in uh, the people building the wall. <laughs> you know, all the Republicans too, of course. All that in lovely insider trading. trading. Uh, but, so I, I think they're going to continue to keep the defense contractors happy because they're bestest of buddies, so we're not going to see, like, any kind of decline. If anything, we're going to see continued... There's there's talk of, like, a 6.5mm uh, new army rifle, which... I know they've been talking about that for ages, but it seems like, I don't know, maybe with the R&D money not being focused on, you know, cluster munitions for bombing weddings and schools, uh, maybe they'll put time into, like, the stuff that's impressive at home, like military, like, you know, infantry gear. There always seems to be, like, this marketing side to government actions, because it's, you know, it's, like, political, but it's also you have to sell the taxpayer. And it's such a fucking good game they play. Like, all of these uniform changes in the U.S. military, especially, like, the, the U.S. Army in particular, during the global war on terror, we went from, what was it, fucking M81 Woodlands, uh, through to, we had... I'm probably gonna fuck this up, uh, what was it, DCU, um, the, you know, the tricolor, and then, of course, we had ACU, which was fucking awful, you know, camouflage you on, uh, grandma's couch, and, um, and then multicam, and then all the fucking trials throughout that, that's a, you know, despite all the disgusting amounts of money wasted on that, that is a very flashy way 
or you know, relatively relative to the rest of the defense budget. That is a cheap way of tricking the public into thinking, oh look, our boys are getting the very best stuff. Look, they're changing, they're upgrading all their stuff. Um, you know, they're improving it, and it. You know, they were doing the same thing with like the future soldier research. Um, we talked about that a little bit with uh, Lyman Bishop uh, of Hoplite. Hoplite armor um, on the E-Militia. He was talking a little bit about the future weapons program and uh, exoskeletons he was working on and all sorts of crazy shit. Uh, we talked a little bit about that with Austin Jones, too, of, uh, of Atlas Arms. So we talked to a few people involved with that, but um, again, on E-Militia. But yeah, they were, they, were, they were putting money to show, oh, look, we're giving our boys the very best stuff. And then the fucking loony amounts of, of uh, DARPA money that goes to stuff that me and you will never fucking know about. Or we'll, we'll figure out this, we'll hear about the stuff in 60 years when it's, you know, way out of date. And they've already progressed this technology on way past that. If, if the government is still a fucking thing. There's so much, um, there's so much money squirreled away to boring-sounding projects that is being spent on, like, wacky fucking research. And it's, it's nothing that would be, you know, Gucci, it wouldn't be fucking alley enough. Like, uh, you, you put, a if, I, in the next five years, we'll probably move to, like, a 6.5, or a different caliber, um, infantry rifle. Which, I don't know, maybe, maybe that's too bold of a prediction. And then the gun people are going to tear me apart and be like, actually, uh, I, you know, obviously I'm a gun guy, but I'm like one foot in the gun world, one foot in the political anarchist world. That's how we like it. I don't know, there, there is a, a very real likelihood there will be some kind of adoption of a new standard caliper within NATO, just, just to keep the defense contractors happy during this kind of lull between, uh, you know, whatever the new world war is, um, <laughs> and, and don't, don't think we're only up to two world wars so far, Jesus, we're, uh, we're neck deep in them at this point, they just, they just call them anything else, so, uh, so it's never as bad as that again, what a fucking lie, anyway, they'll, uh, they'll put out some kind of new plate carrier, maybe a different caliber primary battle rifle, or, you know, infantry weapon, for uh, for the U.S. Army, which the Marines will adopt in 25 years, <laughs> maybe maybe 15 if DARPA's feeling like really spendy with our money, which will be fucking like real Weimar Republic hours by then. And uh, I don't know, maybe maybe we'll have endoskeletons, like kind of a, as a more common thing by then. There's gonna be some kind of way to be spendy and flashy. And then shuffle away, like, you know, the 99% rest of the budget to other shady shit during, quote-unquote, peacetime. When, uh, we're not in a, a massive conflict. Rather, we're just, that, we're just gonna be conducting shadow operations, probably, for the next ten years. All this quiet shit in Africa, and, and then all of our occupations with bases, you know, surrounding all of our enemy states. We're gonna be doing weird shit like that. For the probably the next ten years until we feel like we've been quote unquote at peace long enough to wage another public war. It's it's so exhausting, and um, and and yeah, I'm fucking smiling as I talk about it. It's just like this will be the playbook until 
the whole fucking thing isn't sustainable anymore. So, sorry, I really went above and beyond on that fucking answer. I feel like I've been rambling for 30 minutes, even though it's been like five. But my predictions for the, the future of the, the Empire coming home is, quote, like I said, quote-unquote, peacetime. Uh, the DoD will still be spending your money like we're in a 20-year war. <laughs> Nothing will fucking change. Uh, don't you worry about that. We'll we'll probably be funneling tons and tons of money towards Big Pharma and uh, you know the medical tyranny state that's evolving. But we'll be spending exactly the same on the defense budget until the state starts to uh, until the wheels start to come off. So it's um, that's my prediction. I, I listen to a lot of foreign policy people, you know Scott Horton and others from the Libertarian Institute and various other kind of places. Obviously, we all have our biases, but um, that's kind of where I land with what we're going to do with the tail end of a a 20-year war on terror where we've built up our guys to be fucking lethal. And what's all this equipment going to do? Collect dust? I mean, well, the Taliban are going to get some use out of it, but the stuff that we managed to bring home is going to be used on the uh, the emerging domestic terrorist threat that apparently libertarians are. Um, by name, libertarians, and I'm sure all this right-wing extremist shit. So, yeah, don't you worry about that. They will have plenty of use bringing out MRAPs to point guns at people who want bars to open. Uh, the future is a boot stomping on man's face forever. If we don't build a lifeboat to escape this bullshit and remove ourselves from the equation and en masse just starve the beast while it's already hungry. Anyway, hope that answers your question. <laughs> I'm going to out this man because I, I love him dearly. This is from the state of Appalachia. I think I said that right throw an apple at you, um, or maybe that was the wrong one, that sounds right, anyway, not a cue, not a question, but I totally recommend gardening to improve your outlook on life, it's cathartic, and your plants love you, very fucking true, my, my girlfriend, when she had her fucking beautiful garden up and running right before the summer, we have to replant, and we haven't yet, we've been kind of, uh, moving the garden around, doing some landscaping, so we haven't redone all of that yet, but while we had it, I will absolutely claim enjoyment from her, her blood, sweat, and tears. But I, I lifted the heavy shit, and I, I did a little bit of gardening where I could, because I'm kind of a retard. <laughs> but she seriously has the green thumbs, and it was uh, it was an oasis out there in the desert. So, fucking gorgeous. We'll probably move somewhere where it's a little bit easier to farm, uh, out of the fucking dust bowl in, in the future. Gardening is fucking wonderful, it is therapy of itself, and you, your plants do love you, and then you get to eat them, it's, um, it's harmonious. I mean, maybe not for them at the end, but up until then, it's, you know, really cathartic and fulfilling as a human being to raise edible plants. Or non-edible plants, whatever, you fucking do you. Hmm. Favorite recreational substance? Oof, that's a good question. I have very, very fucking much been enjoying experimenting with psychedelics. I think they do wonderful things. 
if you have the right mindset and you're in a healthy state of mind uh, and with the right people, right environment, have the time, etc., I think various psychedelics, you know, MDMA or ecstasy, acid, LSD, shrooms, okay, psilocybin, uh, magic mushrooms, that's what I've tried so far, and all three gave various, um, very fulfilling, um, educational experiences, you know, shrooms were more on the self-guided therapy end of things, end of the spectrum, acid was more visuals and kind of, I was very creative on acid, I did some writing, I, I wrote, um, you know, first aid on acid while I was on acid, uh, fun fact, <laughs> and while I was camping, while I was out in the wilderness, uh, I wrote it the day that I had the inspiration where we got, we just got stuck looking at my wounds while on acid, I just wrote it then and there, and then Molly is very good for kind of, um, if you're in a deep depression, Molly, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I think therapy is first and foremost when it comes to treating mental illnesses, but, um, it is a great Kickstarter. Molly gives you this just, you know, you can't resist this overwhelming feeling of happiness. You just feel joy. Not, not like silly fucking, like, can't control yourself joy. You just feel warm and happy. Which, you know, if you've been in a deep depression, as many people are right now with the state of the world, it's, um, it's like someone putting, like, a, one of those little microwave warm bag things, I don't know what the fuck you call them, water bottle, a warm water bottle, oh fucking hell, but, uh, yeah, it feels like having that on your stomach or on your chest or something, and then it just feels really fucking groovy to be on, so psychedelics, um, I hesitate to say my favorite because I'm not, you know, I'm not doing them every day and nor should you in my opinion, you should give it a little bit of time between them, and use them more as a little treat, a little bit of escapism here and there. Be very controlled about how often you take them. Someday when my responsibilities calm down a little bit, I would like to experiment more with microdosing and seeing how that kind of affects my workflow. I think, you know, if I'm working from home on personal projects, I might attempt that in the future. But for now, um, yeah, it's it, it's a substance I, I enjoy very, very much, but currently weed itself, specifically uh, more sativa strains or sativa dominant, uh, which is a head high, um, has been so fucking beneficial to me. It helps me, <laughs> it helps me fucking sleep. It helps me with pain, like muscle pain, back pain, uh, which, you know, it makes it easy to work out if my back isn't fucking screaming at me, because I don't start from pain, you know, it, it helps with recovery from working out too, honestly, it helps my appetite, because sometimes I'll just fucking, I'd prefer to work, I'd, I'd honestly rather get shit done, and, um, but smoking more has helped my appetite, which has helped me kind of generally made me a healthier person, it's helped me in so many fucking ways, and honestly, I think I should have, oh, it's helped me with mental health stuff, you know, with depression and anxiety and all sorts of things. Weed is personally my miracle drug, which is, you know, if you're not a weed guy, I probably fucking piss you off with how much I talk about it. So, just some fucking pothead punk, you know. 
it's I talk about it so much because it is my miracle drug. It's helped me so much. It's it's helped me with my temperament too. I mean, I was so fucking angry when I first got into all this stuff. And anger, you know, it's fucking valid. It's very fucking valid. But it's exhausting, and it's like you're treading water instead of swimming to land, you know? Like, just being fucking angry doesn't get anything done. And the only thing anger can really lead to is grabbing your fucking plates and your rifle and being like, I'm sorting this out myself, which is not going to fucking do anything for you. It's impatient, it's, um, you know, how someone who has a, a problem with instant gratification goes about things with anger. So, we just help me move on from that, which in turn has made life infinitely better and infinitely, infinitely more productive. So, um, yeah, uh, Steve Weed. I, I very rarely drink anymore, which... Is strange for those of you who used you who listened to Oldie Militia. I used to we didn't used to record without a drink in our hand, but weed is such a bad drug for me when I'm interviewing, when I'm talking, when I'm thinking, etc. Uh, it's even helped with my memory, which again people laugh at, you know. But uh, it's helped with my long term memory. Don't know why. That might be taking shrooms because apparently it's lasting. Uh, impact from taking psilocybin, but who knows? So yeah, presently it is. It's still weed sativa. Um, really like my rums and my whiskeys still. My specifically bourbon, um, and then acid shrooms and Molly are fucking great. You know, they're uh, you have to have the right temperament. Do them safely. Do them in a good environment. All things in moderation. I I seriously mean that. You know, I'm not the type. I don't. I don't abuse drugs, I respect them. Which is why I can do them safely, I'm not afraid of them. Um, and why I can talk so casually about them. I've got a very controlled approach to <laughs> to, to drugs of all varieties, you know? I, I, I respect them the same way I respect a loaded weapon. I really do. I occasionally indulge, just as I occasionally indulge in shooting. But I still do so safely, you know? And um, if you, if anyone's going to sum me up in <laughs> one, one sentence, let it be that last one. That was pretty fucking spot on. Yep, he uh, he loved psychedelics, and guns, and weed. Let it be known. <laughs> um, how do you wake people up and advocate for anarchy without blackpilling them about our reality? Kind uh, of, I kind of touched on this earlier. So. You, you know, while you have to be realistic about what the world looks like, you know, it's a fucking dark and dangerous place. At the same time, you don't just fucking dump bad news in someone's lap that you care about and then go, like, and then just shrug at them, like, yeah, it's really fucking bad, isn't it? <laughs> you know, like, if, if you're a caring person and you want to make a difference in their life, you not only say, this is a real problem and I need you to pay attention to it and take it seriously because it is dangerous you also give them some solutions. And to give solutions, you need to, you know, figure out some things for yourself. And like I've been saying, and you don't have to be like, hey, the government is evil and collapsing, and also 
we need to move to the country together. Like, that's going to make you sound insane. You know, you need to be like, we live in a dangerous, you know, kind of, uh, we live in a dangerous time right now. Things are very unpredictable. Things are uncertain. Things are unstable. We need to make sure that we can weather that. And this is why it's happening. And this is my personal belief. I think this is the solution to it. What do you think of that? Thoughts, concerns, you know, obviously a bit more fucking human than answering machine. The kind of uh, stripped down version I'm going for, but you get me. And address, be, be equipped enough to address any concerns. If you have kind of blind spots where they're like, oh, what about this? And you're like, I'm not quite sure. Say it. Be fucking honest, you know? And then figure out a solution together. If, if they're invested, if they're like, what about this? Go and find that solution. Don't just bullshit your way through it. Like, make it up as you go. Have real fucking concrete ways to show this is the best way to deal with our current situation. People like thinkers and doers rather than people with sandwich signs and crazy babble. That doesn't do shit for anyone. We need solutions, not problems. We have plenty of fucking problems. But people do need to know what the real problems are too. That is another very important thing. Things are fucking crazy all over, but it's kind of... It's almost by design. Every fucking piece of bad news. Because it gets, it gets clicks. We're in this fucking weird state where just pumping awful news into your brain is profitable. And also encouraged by kind of our our times so people are hungry for it so of course we just see bad news every day we need to know what the real bad news what the real problems that we need to be actually focusing on uh, removing ourselves from need to be um <clears throat> is there any equivalent to national parks in an anarchist society yeah there could be uh that's the big thing i think a lot of too many ancap kind of uh, anarchists, when they have the national parks question, they're like, well, of course, we'll just privatize it. And it's like, yeah, that's a, that's a great throwaway answer that everyone's like, oh, a privatized park? That sounds awful. Yeah, I don't like how evil and corporate that sounds. And it's like, okay, well, that, you know, that very well is a solution. You can privatize parks. You can have, you know, companies who maintain and, um, you know, or, or run these parks. They, uh, keep up the amenities, etc., you know, ticket people at the entrance, because, you know, it's a combination of taxes and um, donations and, of course, you know, uh, revenue that keeps national parks open, so cut out the tax man, cut out the tax cattle, how do you keep them open? You ticket people like a theme park, and people hear that and they're like, that's so fucking, uh, like, I can't imagine that, you know, it's a national park, like, it it costs money to keep it up, to to make it a place where every fucking dolt with a minivan can, you know, drive his family through. That costs money. <laughs> and, but also, it could be kept running by a local community at no charge to visitors and being, like, free to visit by a local township that perhaps volunteers or pays people to maintain it in order to attract traffic through their town, to encourage trade, and all that kind of thing. So, and, um, you know, it br brings tourist revenue into the town. So, 
that's two ways you could do it within like a more kind of uh, anarcho-capitalist setup. Um, and there's there's a, a billion ways, you know, to, to do it. There's so many different solutions from all different sects, all different schools of thought, of anarchism, <clears throat> and, and ways that are consistent with a, you know, a peaceful society. So, whenever it's... Um, and this isn't to dismiss your question, it's a perfectly valid question, by all means. Um, but so many people, it's like, oh, how would we do this in an anarchist society? And the most important answer above all is there's so many ways to do this in an anarchist society. It would be a free market of ideas, and I, and I mean that in an unironic sense, a free market of ideas where people can experiment in their own way. There's not going to be, you know, regulations or someone with a baton waiting to club you over the head for doing it wrong. <laughs> you can you can figure it out yourself. And maybe your way doesn't make you the most cash. Maybe it's inefficient. Maybe it's not satisfactory. Whatever. You see the next town over, the next state, a different country, a different whatever the fuck the, you know, lay of the land is described as at the time. Maybe they do it different. Maybe they do it in a very successful way that's, you know, uh, that can work or work with modification by your own personal, local, you know, moral standards and uh, societal framework, whatever the fuck your community looks like, and you run it that way. Whatever that is, whether it's, you know, uh, anarcho-capitalist, mutualist, communist in nature, uh, it just, it, there's so many different ways to, to do it. And the best ideas will win. People, people are getting to an age in the, or getting into a, a state in the age of information where it, it, it's not necessarily the masses, because the masses are just useful idiots, unfortunately. But the the movers are realizing they don't have to settle. They don't have to settle for certain lifestyles anymore. So people won't in the future especially as we get smarter and smarter and more and more informed. So, hopefully that answers that. BR workout routine dropping soon. Fuck, I think I... So, ages back, I... Um, I had Boogaloo Brit, who... Ah, oh, fuck, what, is it, what's his name? Like, Boog Britty now? I don't know if he's banned at the minute. I haven't spoken to him in a second. Maybe it was before I got banned this previous time. But I wrote, or he wrote, a, uh, a workout piece for the uh, Defense of Warfare Against the State. Because my previous, the last um, fitness guide I wrote, I didn't really like. It was kind of dog shit, in my opinion. Which is why, um, when everyone's like, just publish the old guide, I'm like, ah, I would. But there's some parts I don't like, and I don't want to publish some patchwork of acceptable and eh information. So... Um, yeah, that will have to be something I drop soon, and I will have to reconnect with Boogaloo Brit, and I know a few people who can get me in touch with him, if he is still in touch with people. I've been really bad about that, because I've been fucking busy, but, uh, there's, there's many people I need to, um, touch base with, so I can get shit done. So, yeah, we're getting on that, I'm still getting my shit together, as aren't we all, <laughs> But, um, there will be a BR workout routine of sorts. Uh, it'll be more, because Boogaloo Bray is like a fucking fitness, he's like a fitness guy, uh, an actual fitness coach. So, um, 
his recommendations are going to, going to be infinitely better than mine. Uh, I don't really have too much. I don't do anything special or anything really worth copying. I could drop my like basic workout, but it's going to be anything you'd find on fucking Yahoo Answers or a, a basic military fitness like prep routine. It's boring. <laughs> so I'm going to let his article... Uh, do that for me, and, um, yeah, I'll, uh, I'll have to get that together soon, because he, he put that together for me quite a while ago, and then I got banned, and I didn't syndicate it, so, good question, thank you for reminding me. Alright, let's try and touch on a few of these real quick, so I don't drag this on too far past an hour and a half. Uh, have you watched Star Wars Rebels? I know the animation is hard to get used to. Uh, I did because I respect Dave Filoni, and I do truly believe he is the future of Star Wars, um, but it was very fucking hard, and it, it was, like, literally the epitome of what I was worried watching any of these animated Star Wars shows would be. It was truly like watching a, tr a children's show, and I felt, I felt fucking patronized that I was, like, ah, it is kind of essential if you care about the restructuring of the storyline, and kind of the filler stuff and the filler lore now that it's all Disney-fied, you know, the uh, the now new canon instead of Legends. So I watched it. Uh, I only really liked, like, the last two seasons, kind of. The blue-haired kid, uh, I just didn't fucking care about him. I thought he was a weird character. Um... I like the continuation of Ahsoka, because I think she's a very good character. I think she's one of the best things Dave Filoni's brought into it. Um, Anakin having a, an apprentice is like... This is an interesting dynamic and an interesting thing to do with this era of Star Wars. Some people hate it, but I think um, rather than just retelling, you know, like a 20-year-old story, whatever, uh, when they started that kind of whole thing... Um, it was, kind of, it was adding something new, you know, so I think that's cool. And I think they did it good in a way that she could be a new perspective and a new look at the uh, the changing universe, uh, being an age that other characters, you know, they were perhaps too old to do and to grow up and, you know, during the right time to have um, an interesting crossover of life events with the shape of the galaxy. So I think it's cool that we get to see, like, her and Rex and few others, but for the most part, it's it's kind of just a way for me to check up on, like, an epilogue for Clone Wars, so, yeah, and, and I, I, I get what they were doing with the art style, with making it look like the original, you know, concept art and stuff, but the, the skinny lightsabers is just fucking ugly, can't get used to them. Alright, uh, let's do a few more, how to stay even remotely positive in this shit, it's hard as fuck for me. Like, uh, like I've been saying, actionable goals, incremental stuff, uh, talk to people, you know, make time to talk to friends, uh, and honestly, if, if you think you need, you might need therapy, like, you know, give it a go. It's, uh, it is expensive, um, and it's, it's not right for everyone by any means, but if you need someone to bounce ideas off of, and someone to to kind of explain what your brain's doing and, and how you're reinforcing bad habits and shit like that. Um, you know, people make jokes about going to therapy, but 
we're, we don't understand our fucking brain, and our brain is so fucking powerful. It's this incredible, you know, CPU, and truly, I feel like going to a therapist uh, is like kind of getting the instruction manual read to you by someone who, who built the computer. Damn near. Uh, it's, um, you know, if, if you get a good therapist, some therapists fucking suck, I will say that especially government-provided ones, which will have put many, uh, you know, military guys off therapy forever, which is a shame. But uh, there, there is truly uh, good, worthwhile therapists out there who can help you understand when you have certain urges or certain thoughts or certain depressions. You know, they can, they can teach you why it's natural, why it's okay, and how to kind of move past it. But beyond that, you just you just gotta have a a direction that you're heading in because it's easy to kind of feel like you're just floating or just going through the motions and you're like fuck when's it gonna end and it's like fuck it who cares this shit could go on for the next 15 years you know what my plans aren't gonna change I'm gonna be doing my thing I'm getting the fuck away from this and I'm gonna build my own thing and this shit could get 10 times worse I'm still going to be doing my thing, <laughs> and it's it's going to be very fucking hard to to stop me separating from this nonsense. And you know, I that's again my personal solution. It's not going to work for everyone necessarily, but if you don't. It doesn't matter what your goals are. You need to make plans and then make them happen in spite of the bullshit. Find, basically, find fulfillment. Uh, you know, getting shit done and work is kind of kind of uh, my happy place for whatever reason. So, uh, it might not necessarily be the same thing for you. You might not just need to find some kind of way to fulfill your time and your efforts, whatever that might look like. So find what that is, uh, go after it incrementally, and then achieve it, and find the next thing. That's how you keep your brain healthy, that's kind of what we're built for, you know, we need to succeed, and then keep succeeding. Alright, why can't I stop buying old guns and just build a viable modern rifle? Because, uh, you have a sickness. I mean, fuck, at least get yourself, like, a some retro M16, you know? Uh, kind of build <laughs> or some anything, dude. Come on, help me out. Here's the thing. I love old guns as much as the next guy. I love historic guns. I love, you know, all sorts of cool, quirky, old school designs and shit. And even like much more classic kind of, you know, decorative firearms. I can appreciate them too. But. Those are beautiful firearms, and what you need is a tool. You need an ugly do-anything rifle that you know is, uh, it's, it's not just, you know, good and modern, but it's utilitarian, because what is the most average, what is the most common magazine type in the United States? It's gonna be a, sna a Stanag magazine. Um... And, and what's the most common pistol magazine? It's, it's almost certainly going to be a Glock 17 magazine. <clears throat> so, 
So, with those two things in mind, get yourself utilitarian weapon systems that, you know, in a shit-hits-the-fan situation, it doesn't matter what the fuck it looks like. It's a tool. As long as it gets the job done and keeps you and your loved ones safe, then it's the right gun, you know, so... And you're not going to be able to haul... If if you're in a, a survival situation, which, you know, I hope we fucking never are, but you don't want to be sitting there deciding between, like, you know, your 1897 trench gun and some... Uh, Mos- a nice Mosin gun and, like, a fucking SKS and whatever else you might have, you know, chilling. Uh, I don't know. Oh, Lee Enfield. I don't know what kind of, what kind of guns you have, uh, what kind of old guns you have, but... Um, you don't want to be sitting there like, oh, which of these is going to help me during civil unrest? You know, you want a tool. And it sucks. We want to we want to have all of that cool shit, but um, if it comes down to, you know, staying in the house to burn down the cool old guns and living to buy more another day, I'm going to grab my do-anything fighting rifle that doesn't necessarily, you know, fit my normal taste and use it to survive, and then, you know, I'll buy some more another time. I'll, I'll sell it on once it's got me to safety. How about that? Yeah, maybe not. They, they, you know, keep, keep, your, keep your fucking rifle by your side. <laughs> but that's all I can tell you on that one, dude. You think diabetic people would be screwed if the hospital and clinic system crashed? Uh, yeah, unfortunately I do, because there's not really much of a... Unless I'm ignorant of some kind of, I don't know, maybe a, maybe a charity or, or some kind of foundation built in case of that. But, um, uh, yeah, our current system, because it's, uh, the healthcare system is so fucking monopolized by all these, you know, healthcare corporations are in bed with government who are writing the laws and, and creating these capped supply chains, um, these artificially capped supply chains, especially with uh, intellectual property and things like that. Um, insulin is unfortunately one of the harder things to manufacture just because of the fuckery in the process, uh, legally. So, and I, I'm not, I'm not an expert on diabetics, uh, I don't have any in my family, but, yeah, there's no kind of, you know, real, uh, widespread backup should that go down, so, personally, I don't know anything about insulin or diabetes, but, you know, if, if you or a loved one or someone you, someone you know um, has, has diabetes, it would probably be worthwhile knowing if there's some kind of way to manufacture it. I, I don't know how easy it is or, or if it's extremely difficult, whatever. I, I don't fucking know. I'm completely ignorant. Um, or if there's a way to stock up on it. I know you have to keep it refrigerated and I'm 90% sure. <laughs> um... I don't know, you know, hopefully there's some kind of solution, but I would wager there isn't, as there's, you know, always the threat of insulin shortages, so, yeah, no, it's a a good question, though, um, currently I think they're screwed, unless there's something I don't know about, uh, I don't know if there's been any breakthroughs with artificial or any, you know, some kind of insulin thing, I, it's been something I've, like, tiptoed around interest in, but because there's no personal investment in diabetes, I've never really been able to 
properly dive into any of that information. <laughs> Call it really selfish, but it is what it is. So yeah, I unfortunately currently think they would be screwed. Alright, let's do one or two more questions, and then we'll fuck off. Opinion on using Russian gear, especially from places like Grey Shop. Uh, honestly, not familiar with Grey Shop. Um, Russian gear, <laughs> I think if it's anything beyond, you know, kind of like uniform or like magazine carriers and stuff, I would uh, tend to avoid it. Um, Russia, they are not really on par with especially the private kind of defense industry in the US. Um, I mean, military gear as a rule, like we wouldn't, you wouldn't buy like a, what is it, OITV or something like that, the fucking god-awful plate carriers that is kind of like standard issue for the US Army, by and large, apart from super cool units where they give you, you know, alley stuff all the fucking time. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I mean, so, think of, kind of, you know, lowest bidder in the US, kind of gear, and then think of lowest bidder in the, Ru- in Russia, gear. Personally, not my thing, don't have much of an interest beyond aesthetics. I think I am gonna buy some more Russian gear, but it's gonna be mostly kind of like the, what is it, Gorka pants? Is it Gorka? I might just be making shit up and talking baby babble. But, um, I like a few of those things. More, mainly I'm just interested and curious. It's not so much like, oh, this is a good alternative or this is like a good cheap option. I'd, I'd rather just buy once, cry once, and have gear that can save my life and I can depend on. So, not crazy about Russian gear personally. I'm too utilitarian, but I see the appeal. It's cool, it's interesting, it's alien to kind of what we're used to. Um, and there's, there's some interesting shit, you know? But, yeah, not, not personally my thing. Um, bringing the species to different worlds, hopefully for our grand or great-grandkids. Uh, this is something I could spend hours on, but I'll only spend, like, a minute or two. Uh, I, I definitely think we need to become an interplanetary species. I think that's important. And I think... While humans have been fucking awful by recent history, long term, I think if we can pursue peace, autonomy, and liberty as a a cultural mindset and escape this era of statism and leave it in the dark ages where it belongs, I think we could be a a very peaceful force in the wider universe. Uh, Who fucking knows if we're alone or if there's others out there? But I... You know, some some people, the, the more nihilistic amongst us are like, humans are rats, and it's like, I get it. People do fucking suck. But I would rather a future where, you know, we have this rich tapestry of, of history to learn from, and we can maybe go out into the stars and, you know, spread what we've learned, and uh, what went well, what went wrong, and, you know, build a, a brighter future. In space. On Mars. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, one single fucking asteroid and we're, we're donezo here, so... Yeah, we absolutely have to become multiplanetary or just fucking die off and all this was for nothing.
So, <laughs> I'm hoping to see space elevators in my lifetime. I think I've talked about that before, but for anyone who's like a sci-fi nerd or a, a near-future nerd, look up what a space elevator is. I think it's possible and would be um, ultimately very profitable to see within our lifetimes for anyone able to bring something like that about. Someone asked, new merch, tactical gear, mag wraps. Um, new merch is absolutely on the way. Just ironing out a few things with uh, Spear Resistance right now. I need to send him all my designs and uh, get things squared away, decide what's going out and what isn't. Kind of uh, one of the many things on my infinite to-do list. Um, tactical gear, no, not this time. And mag wraps, no, not this time. Uh, mag wraps are interesting. Tactical gear, uh, not so much my thing personally. There's so many people who do, you know, fucking killer stuff out there. Uh, it's not something I personally want to get into quite yet. Um, if there's a, a need that I see that could be fulfilled by something that no one else has put out there, I'll absolutely be a, a good capitalist and make it and sell it. Um, but currently, uh, there isn't. I don't want to just, you know, shill crap to, to shill crap. I'd rather sell good designs that help spread our message and then advise on quality gear from people who already make that shit better than I at present could. So, uh, none of that yet. Uh, maybe someday, completely open to it. Uh, or, you know, putting my mark of approval on some gear that would help someone, but I, I don't think currently it would, um, so yeah, damn, I have a lot of questions left, so I'm gonna answer one more, like, I feel bad not answering, uh, some of these, because they're, they're pretty good questions, dream future community in Ankapistan, uh, I, I, I don't even use Ankapistan anymore, because, you know, it's gonna be, some places are gonna be more Ancap, some are gonna be more Ancom, some more Mutualist, Little pockets of dreaded democracy. <laughs> little little city-states and pockets of statism. But anyway, um, it'll be a rich tapestry of fucking oddities. But my, my personal dream future community would be, you know, an intentional community built somewhere. Kind of some, some forest, some mountains within view. I'd love some running water. And then I would like to do it with, you know, a handful of other couples and families and stuff. And, uh, I don't know, at most probably 10 to 12, maybe 15 at a stretch kind of family units. Uh, probably less than that. Closer to kind of a core of six and then maybe a few, like, you know, just a couple with no kids or just single, you know, a few single people or something. Just a, a small, tighter group that, because uh, they, they say you should, like a tribe should be like a hundred people, it should be, because the human capacity to kind of develop strong, intense bonds with more than that, and I think it was, it might have been a hundred, might have been four hundred, it's somewhere around there. Um, that's kind of where most people cap out, so I would want to keep it, you know, smaller, tighter. Uh, very, very high-trust society, because, um, personally, I would want to live somewhere where community projects are taken on via unanimous consent, so everyone agrees, 
Uh, and I think that's the best way to run something like we don't all use our land for something unless we we all agree on it. Even if, you know, and, and fucking live with people who understand you. It's like, yeah, I'm not going to use it, but I'm perfectly happy to give up a bit of my time and help you guys out with it because we're fucking neighbors and we're friends. You know, I, I might not necessarily want to build a, I don't know, a, a barn to work on cars in because I'm not a car guy, but, you know, that would be useful if I do need to work on my car. You know, I'm not going to get the most uh, use out of it amongst our group, but I'll still use it, and it'll still be useful for me in other ways, so I'll help you with it, even though it's not my main priority. Unanimous consent, let's agree to do it. Or, no, personally, I think we should do other things right now with our land, our resources, etc. Here's my point. You know, I think unanimous consent is very... And if you're doing it with reasonable people, and that's the main thing, you know, oh, that wouldn't work, oh, that would be a pain in the ass, whatever it might, your excuse might be, or, and, and, you know, come up with a different system if that doesn't sound good to you. But I think unanimous consent, amongst a group of friends, that's how we get fucking anything done, you know? Someone might drag their feet, like, oh, hey, let's go out and hang out and do this thing, and someone might be like, oh, I really don't want to fucking do that, but... I like you guys, <laughs> you know, so I'm going to be reasonable, I'm going to drag my feet, complain a little bit recreationally, you know, some recreational bitching, and then we're going to go out and fucking do it. And if you have a group of people with a trust, you know, to that degree where you can be an adult, you can be reasonable, you can talk things out, then you'll probably be good neighbors if you have similar, you know, uh, beliefs and interests and wants and philosophy on things. Like, whenever I'm hanging out with a group of anarchists, like the E-Militia or otherwise, uh, it's so fucking easy. And I've, I've said this before. So, having these people as your neighbors, you know, and there should be a lot of understanding between people before they embark on this as a group. Yeah, you should fucking know each other. So, a tight group like that is ideal. That's why I want I don't want to, I don't want some sprawling, you know, I don't want to make some township. I, I would love to see intentional communities flourish into a township, but that's not what I want. I want a tight, close unit of people who can work together and be very effective and very efficient. I want people like me who are hard workers, who love to see results and then relax and then do some more hard work. <laughs> I need some fellow nutcases like that. I know a few, um, and hopefully we'll find some more and the right, the right place to uh, to give that a go. But anyway, I think I will wrap up there. This will be coming out on Thursday, so if you're desperate for some more listening material for the start of your next work week, or perhaps on Sunday itself, you can listen to the Art and War podcast, which I am the producer of. Uh, released on Sundays, and you can find the link for that. I'm probably going to add it to my Linktree, uh, my Linktree copy, because I got kicked off Linktree, in my bio, and then you can also find it via at uh, Art on Instagram, and so I'm producing the show, I edit it, and uh, the boys have been fucking killing it, it's, uh, it's a very entertaining show, they have some great guests on, um, and yeah, it's been, it's been really great to work with them on it first time I've produced a podcast rather than babbled on it, so, uh, yeah, it's been fun, um, their, yeah, their, their audience is fucking blowing up, they're only 12 episodes in, 
Uh, it's weekly, every single week, for those of you who like consistency. Um, yeah, it's, uh, give it a listen. Um, I do some ad reads on there, so it's kind of fun. I, I pop in, and um, it's, you know, less less politics and more kind of personable talks between them and various people in the gun industry, the tactical industry. They even had a lady voluntary on from the Liberty community to talk about homeschooling. So uh, it's a nice little variety show and kind of uh, they talk about a, a healthy variety of topics from, you know, fucking Mitch's soccer, football, you know, in the civilized world. Um, and, and then... Uh, Nathan offers Canadian takes, so, you know, that's like Mitch, soccer, Nathan, Canuck, and together, <laughs> I'm selling them short, but, uh, no, Carrie Wedler does the, she reads the fucking intro, um, but, yeah, both of them have military experience, and they discuss kind of their feelings about, uh, the state, and current events, and the, the tribalism, and censorship, and firearm stuff, and politics, it's it's a very good mix of things if you want kind of a, a weekly brain stimulus. Uh, so yep, coming out Sunday, uh, every week, that's the Art and War podcast. Anyway, oh, and don't forget, we have, uh, I'm about to be releasing a lot of content for the Anarch. I've got three articles that I'm currently in the final editing process for, so they, they might all be dumped within, like, across a week. Uh, and I have my contributors to thank for that, so that's, um, that's LazyFair, with another installment of the, uh, Decentralized Commando series he's done, and that is State of Appalachia, Appalachia, I almost fucked that up, and also Jay Stark covering his and the damn wars event and then I have my own and the damn wars article so he went to the DC one I went to the Phoenix one um, but yeah so we got yeah that's four articles coming out and then I've even got some more in the pipe so plenty of stuff coming for the anarch.substack.com as well but anyway we're almost up two hours so let's let's flip it right here uh, thank you guys for listening and we'll see you next time